This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 43. What do you do with somebody who comes to you as a, as a pastor and who's struggling with pornography? It's difficult to know what to do with them and, and where to go. And that's why we need to raise awareness on this and say, uh, let's, let's get some help for ourselves as pastors, but also for our congregation. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to encourage and inspire pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church and strive to provide information and encouragement to make you smile, think, and be challenged. The Burger and Fries of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Johnny Craig, and I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Jeff Cady. And we have somebody else with us today here in studio. This is not a Skype interview. This is, he is here sitting at the table with us as we speak. Nathan Staub. There you go. He's trying to he's gonna he's gonna be trying to keep up with the with the way we do That's things right. right here. That's right. Nathan's a little shell shocked. <laughs> he, he's here in the 200 Churches studio. Who wouldn't be shell shocked by the 200 Churches studio? Hey, this is this is intimidating. You come into this studio. High tech, highfalutin, high atop the <laughs> parsonage here in Orange City, Iowa. That's right. Well, I'm just surprised with how much equipment you guys have here. It's quite quite amazing. Hey, you know, and I know what all these buttons and knobs do. <laughs> I can tell both of them. <laughs> so, Nathan, uh, you you work in a nonprofit here. In Orange City, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Yeah, I work at a nonprofit uh, called Atlas. Uh, it's Atlas Orange City area, and we are a nonprofit mentoring organization. So, meet with people in the community going through just tough times in life, and sure. uh, ultimately try and get them over to uh, uh, in mentoring relationships with people from churches. And so, have definitely utilized churches from our area, small churches. You know, other ones as well from the area. So I'm wondering, Nathan, if you were to think about all the small towns, let's say all the s- towns under 10,000 people across the country, what percentage of them do you think have something like Atlas, where people can just go when they've got troubles, find somebody to talk to, kind of a clearinghouse for resources, community and social resources to help them? What percentage of towns do you think actually has something like Atlas? Yeah, you know, uh, Jeff, I'd say I'd say very few actually. And I know I'm, uh, my wife and I moved from California a few years ago, and uh, seven years ago we've been here. And uh, boy, I think that uh, Atlas is something that uh, could be used all over the place to uh, really help and help solidify the church, and also just to really enter into discipleship with people. How do we how do we get unchurched people through? the doors of the church comfortably, and then once those mentoring relationships are started, you can start to—those relationships, once they're started, then you start to see people actually start joining the church, you start to see baptisms, professions of faith, and that's some neat stuff happening in small-town Iowa. That's yeah, that's really awesome. So, Nathan, you you alluded to it. You're a family man. You've got you've got a crazy family though. So, talk to us a little about your crazy family. We do. Yeah, I have a I have a wife of almost ten years, and uh, we also have a seven year old daughter, and then we have uh, just newly turned five year old triplets. I just Ooh. did a triple take. Yes, <laughs> triplets. You know, Nathan, you're the man. Yeah, thank. I mean, what, what can I say? You're the man. <laughs> I mean, you are the man. Anybody who can handle triplets, that's are they mixed boy girl? girl yeah, boy? we have our older ones a daughter, and then a, a boy and two girls in in the triplet mix. And uh, yeah, we feel at this point like we're we're kind of out of the woods. So <laughs> so they're five. They're five years old now. Five years old, and it's okay. getting, it's getting easier all the time. So it's good. So five and a half years ago, I had four kids, and you and your wife had one child. Yeah. 
and then your second birth, all of a sudden you caught up to me. That, that's with right. Four kids. Yeah, we doubled our family. That's yeah. bananas. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So your family, you've got a, you've got four kids, your wife, and you came here from where? Yeah, from uh, we were from Ontario, California, uh, where we where we moved from. You didn't know that. I didn't know there was an Ontario. I, if you said Ontario, I would just assume Canada. What's yeah. your What's your education background? I uh, went to Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, sure. and then uh, I was actually a, a teacher out in in uh, Southern California, and then uh, went to Fuller Seminary. Fuller Theological Seminary out there. I uh, got a master's in Christian leadership. Cool. Look at this guy. Who I knew? Didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, we're, we're in the house with some educated people here. That's good. Now, today we want to talk about a topic that, honestly, I don't, I don't think any of us want to talk about. I mean, I, don't, I really would rather talk about something else in the podcast today, but we're talking about pornography addiction. And mm-hmm. pornography addiction, I mean, we're ultimately we're going to focus on pastoral pornography addiction. Because it's all across the country. I mean, it's all across the world. It's with guys. It's with ladies. And many of these guys and ladies are pastors. Just because you're a pastor doesn't mean that you are somehow protected from the temptation of pornography. You just invited Johnny and I and some others in our community. You guys invited in this group that you're going to tell us about. You you invited education leaders. You invited counselors. Yeah, well, we were, that's who we were really pastors. focusing on is, is pastors, uh, education, and, and, and counselors, counselors, just community leaders. And you invited us all to, uh, to a room, you fed us, and we talked about pornography addiction because you guys formed this group, so tell us about this group. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it started uh, a while ago, just as, as I know I was meeting with people through Atlas, uh, starting to see um, just uh, people would come in for different reasons, marriage issues or alcohol or who knows what. Almost everybody, almost every guy who I talk to, I meet with a lot of the men who come in, almost every guy who I talk to, uh, pornography came up at some point. Once you dive deep enough with guys... You, you seem to land on pornography at some point. And uh, I started to go out to lunch with other people or other, other leaders from the community, other counselors, and, and share some of this. Like, man, it seems like everybody's dealing with pornography. And uh, they said, boy, we are seeing the same, the exact same things happening here. So, you know, uh, then you start to read some of the statistics out there and start to say, uh, all right, either these statistics are false or... Um, if there is some validity to them, which I think there is, then we need, we have a problem on our hands. We need to do something about this and, and address it. You know, they say that blood, high blood pressure is the silent killer, right, of the physical body. Would you say pornography addiction is the silent killer of the spiritual life in, some, in, in individuals, but then in, in churches? Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. The silent killer is uh, is is right on because it is an issue that it's not okay to come out with this uh, a lot of times, and that is exactly the thing that we need to change. What do you What do you do with the guys that you talk to, and and you you counsel guys almost every day? You know, many guys a day sometimes. Where do you Where does a guy have to get to before he's willing to open up with you about this? I mean, what are the what are the stages that he goes through before he finally gets to the point where, well, Nathan, you know, I'm, I'm also dealing with porn? I, I think it depends a little bit on, on the person. Uh, you know, some people come in for that. Uh, usually by that point, it's, it's, uh, ultimately it's too late. And I guess I'd say, if, you know, as pastors, if you're struggling with this, don't let it get too late. I mean, uh, what do you mean by too late? It's uh, like no hope? 
Well, too late. I mean, you're looking at some real and serious consequences. Uh, you have uh, maybe you've lost uh, a marriage over this. Maybe you've, uh, you know, you're, uh, it's come out in your church. You've lost a job, um, or it's a major issue, and then you know you come in and uh, try and seek some, you know, seek some guidance or some help. Uh, that's, I guess, that's what I mean. Is it has some serious implications in your life. Um, other guys who I meet with, they, uh, you know, again, have come in for a different issue and then it comes up. That's when I think when, if we can hit it where, you know, there's still, boy, there's not major ramifications happening, then yeah, let's get some help. Let's start to walk through this and, and put a plan together of how we can, can get some help. So porn 1.0 was when we had four color, four color glossy magazines. All right, middle 1900s, this came out, right? <laughs> Porn 2.0 is when all of a sudden computers could go online and you can download images. Uh, I think Porn 3.0 is where we've got our smartphones that are connected to our... LTE? Yes, thank you, that are connected <laughs> to LTE. But that's Porn 3.0. Our society has gone through these stages. We're st- this is still new. We don't know where this is going to end up. We don't know the ramifications in people's lives. I mean, ultimately, what it's going to mean to society. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And I think things have changed. And I know the guys who I've met with, especially you see this in uh, some of the younger college-age kids, is, uh, you know, I've got this phone. I'm carrying it around with me. I, I You know, how, how do you... How do you how do you deal with that uh, temptation, Johnny? Uh, maybe you could share too. Just you know, being a little bit bit younger, how how does that? Uh, I don't know. How is that difference? You know, we had chatted briefly before this. How? Well, I think. I mean, Jeff, you're talking about porn 3.0. I think we're on porn 10.0. I mean, it, there's so much available, um, and talking about it makes me feel the heebie-jeebies. Um, I was exposed to pornography probably when I was 12 years old. I think that's fairly average. You, you mentioned that um, at the, the sexual wholeness task force meeting. Um, and, it, and it was something that I struggled with. Um, and I, the, the interesting thing about pornography and the access to it is it's something that you never really say, oh, I used to struggle with. Um, because we constantly have to be guarding our hearts and guarding uh, our our actions against it. Because at any given time, you are two clicks away from a whole world of anything that you could possibly want to see. Uh, and if you're listening today and you struggle with this, I, I hope that I'm not triggering something for you because um, that's not what we want to do. What we want to do is encourage you and say, hey, we know that this is a thing, and we know that this is real. And to bring it back to pastors, I think that this is a huge thing for pastors because uh, so much we have this. Pastors have to be so holy, uh, and so we can scrub up the outside of our lives. But this is the most hideable sin, uh, and and that's part of the reason that it eats away so fast uh, is because you can hide it for so long if you want to. Nathan, have you found that in talking with guys? Uh, when are guys susceptible to pornography? Are there certain times in their in their their life, in their day, in their experience that they're susceptible to this? You know, I I mean, I can just uh, it's not like I've researched to back this up, but uh, just my opinions here are uh, or what I've observed is uh, seems like when there's kind of downtime, uh, and I think that could play into the pastor thing as well. Uh, sure. A lot of times. You know, the pastor's, uh, you know, you're isolated, you're alone in your office, uh, high stress times. Uh, again, that, that, the, some of those things are, are more on the, you know, statistics are showing and, and there's more, uh, 
uh, proof on that uh, that you know boy those are times of, of peaked inter, uh, peaked internet and pornography use is uh, you know when there's when you have some of those uh, key things in place i I've done some reading about and I'm not a genius or smart or anything but I've done That's reading true. about like the neurological impact of, of pornography and, and how it rewires the brain well, that's coming out now yeah I mean this stuff is coming this is out new information. it's not a question anymore this is scientific right. data right and I, and I think what you're saying the high stress um, emotionally low uh, it's the the endorphins that get released when you're uh, you know watching pornography these studies are showing it's it, it's more addictive than heroin practically um, and so, yeah, when you're feeling down, you need a pick me up. Uh, you, you don't have to turn to illicit drugs. You can turn to illicit sex if you want. And uh, I think that's a huge, huge problem. The the ease the ease of it in my mind is probably the biggest problem that's going to face pastors listening to this podcast. In 1996, Senator Bob Dole ran as a Republican candidate against then President Bill Clinton. Years later, he lost, and years later, when he's just an old guy. We we laughed when he came on commercials for ED, erectile dysfunction, okay? And Bob Dole was kind of the, I mean, here's, he's a war vet, you know, he's partially paralyzed and all, and he's talking about ED and trying to make it something that guys feel free to talk about. Well, what we found out with this porn research is that this erectile dysfunction is happening in guys in their 20s. Yeah. I mean, even in teenagers who consistently consume all of these images and all of these videos to where nothing really turns them on anymore. And go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, I think you're exactly right, is that you see this stuff happening younger and younger. And I think that, to be honest, is is another thing that really interests me in starting to raise some more awareness about this. Uh, If you start to look at the porn industry itself, we're talking about a $97 billion global industry. So, I mean, this is an industry that has money to do what they want. And then you say their target audience is 12 to 17-year-olds. 12 to 17-year-olds. So, I mean, as a father of, again, young children, or, you know, as a church member, as a pastor, we need to be aware of who this, uh, you know, again, people with deep pockets, who their target audience is, these young kids. They have the resources to market that to who, how they want. And then you start to get into uh, not only are they um, not just marketing it, but they're hiring psychologists on their staffs and other things like that so they can learn how do we get these young kids addicted because they know, um, which is smart on their part, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in it for the money, is if we know if we can get them addicted, that will be more money in, in their pockets uh, in the long run uh, throughout life. So it's a scary and, proposition. And they certainly have the technology to deliver it. Which is, and there's all kinds of market strategies that you would use within that technology, within the internet and within uh, you know smartphone apps and all that. And so you're saying that they've got they've got the the mission and the willingness to do this. They've got the money to do it. Uh, they've got the know-how and the strategies, and they've also got the technology to deliver it. That's exactly right. And then if you take this into a pastor level, you know, I just was looking uh, for, at some stats on this. Uh, I found in 2005, 37% of pastors said that pornography was a struggle for them. That's 2005. Uh, so now, years That's later... It's a different world. It's a different 2005 world. 2005 is a different world. Right. And so now, um, uh, many stats are saying, and I mean numerous stats, are saying over 50% of pastors regularly look at pornography. So this is, I mean, uh, uh, this is not a... 
this is not a hidden thing. I, you know, uh, I, this is this is a real issue that we need to address. And if the pastors are struggling, how do we how do we help the pastors, and how do we help educate and inform our congregations more effectively? And how do we help parents in our congregations help their kids who are the targets? This is this is a huge problem. I mean, this is almost it's almost to the fa- it's almost over it's overwhelming. I think I think that it's a two-pronged approach and more than that even probably but there's two that come to my mind right away. I I am not a big fan of um behavior modification. Uh I I'm more into changing the heart. But when we're talking about addictive behaviors, I mean sometimes you just have to have behavior modification so the heart can have some room to change. And so we're going to put some links up on the blog for this podcast. We're going to tell you how you can change your uh wireless router signal to block things that shouldn't be uh brought to you. We're going to give you some steps if you have like Verizon say uh how you could how you could potentially block out content to go to your smartphone. Um, and we're going to leave some links to a, a site called triplexchurch.com, and they provide a lot of great resources, uh, programs that you can put on your computer, counseling, all sorts of things uh, to help change the behavior and give your heart some room to grow. And then the se- so that's the first prong. And then the second prong is reach out to someone. It can be a professional, it can be a colleague. It helps to reach out to someone. It helps to talk to someone. We're gonna we're gonna have Nathan's information at the bottom of this if if you would like to talk to him. But Nathan, you would agree. I mean, this is a huge part of it. It, it is, and and ultimately we do. We need. Uh, I think that's how God sets things up is so that we uh, need accountability in our lives. Uh, and so I'd really encourage that as well. As if this is at all a struggle, uh, reach out to someone. I guess I'd also caution on on who that person is. Find somebody who's safe. Um, you, you know, uh, it, it's difficult. I can imagine as a pastor of a of a church, uh, you don't just want to reach out to anybody. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, reach out to somebody, but uh, find somebody who's going to be confidential with your information here. Uh, uh, there are stigmas attached to pornography yet, and again, we haven't shattered those. I'd like to work towards that. That's one of the things that we're that we're working on here, but uh, uh, um, boy, this is uh, you know some some tricky situation, uh, you know, some tricky topics to bring up, and so find a counselor in your area. Go to uh, um, somebody who's safe. Um, I know we have people who come to Atlas and they drive for a from a good distance away um, be, uh, when it comes down to pornography because they don't want to. Um, you know, have this uh, come out in in their church, in their community. They haven't found that safe person within their own community. But get help. It's really important. I think that that's it right there. Get help. When I was a kid, the Kmart ads always had the underwear section. You know what I mean? And my, I remember my mom, I don't think I got caught with an underwear section. <laughs> Maybe I did. But I remember my mom saying to me, this is how serial killers got their start, right? They start by looking at the underwear section and then they're looking at, you know, dirty magazines and then the next thing you know, they're killing people. And, and I remember rolling my eyes thinking, come on, mom, like you're crazy. What are you talking about? The underwear ads, come on. Uh, but so now as an adult, I, I don't look at the underwear ads, um, but I think to myself, sin comes in steps. Um, you don't need to carry around the guilt of pornography the longer you do, the longer you carry it, the longer you go from talking to somebody else about it, the more steps that you might start to take through that sin. 
the more desensitized you become to pornography, the more desensitized you can become to your spouse. That could lead to uh, infidelity. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to scare pastors. I'm not dropping doomsday. I was raised in doomsday scare tactic churches, and I hate it. But this issue is so dangerous, I believe, and, and from everything you've said, Nathan, I, you believe. Yeah, and, and I'd say ultimately disqualifying almost as far as our, our ministry goes. It just makes it difficult to effectively uh, minister with that uh, authentic Absolutely. heart. Absolutely. So you know, find someone, reach out, and take those steps. I'd say, yeah, you know, I think the key is, that, you know, that's maybe where you end, is find somebody. I think there's also some other steps you can take as well. Uh, you know, the what one of the things Johnny was talking about is is download some filters, or there's there's free filters, but there's also some other things. And uh, I think the problem is a lot of um, a lot of people know how to get around the filters at this point. Uh, Have the person that you talk to set your passwords. Exactly. Hey, yeah. You know what? I'm doing that with a guy in our church right now, and I've I've put, I I mean I took his computer from his house, I brought it to my office, I installed software on it, I took it back to his house. Probably every other week I get a phone call, hey Windows updates restarted my computer and I need the password put in. I go over to his house, I put the password in and I leave. It also gives me an opportunity to say hello, just catch up a little bit. But this guy, I mean is. Is that embarrassing? Uh, not really anymore, because I know he's committed to not watching pornography so much that he would talk to his pastor and have his pastor put software on his computer, and so he doesn't know the password to it. He can't get to it. So if we're really serious about getting this out of our life, sometimes we've got to take serious steps. We've got, to, we've got to lose control and let go of control and give that control, maybe even of our computer, over to somebody else. That's exactly right. How radical are we willing to be when it comes to our sin? Are, are we willing to, to, in a sense, pluck out our eye or cut off our hand? And, and I think sometimes that can uh, be what it feels like to lose control of our, of our computer or our passwords. But uh, in my mind, that's uh, going to be much more effective long-term uh, in, in order to you know, be successful with, with trying to route this out of our lives. So, Nathan, we're talking about pastors, and, and again, and you know if you're listening, we, we focus on you as small church pastors, and everything that we talk about on our podcast, we want it to be encouraging and helpful to pastors of small churches. So you're probably in a small town, we're in a small town, and Nathan here, you've worked with this, what, what's called the Sexual Wholeness Task Force, and probably other communities could if you share what you guys are doing and the idea of this, maybe a pastor listening would think, hey, I can maybe adapt that. Maybe I can start. I can gather some community leaders. We can start to actually make a difference and make a dent in this in our community. Yeah, and I think that's that's the uh, the point, is we've just gathered, again, like-minded uh, pastors and community leaders uh, around and said, the statistics are so startling. The uh, evidence is there. Let's do something, something about it in our in our area. So, we identified ourselves uh, as a sexual wholeness task force, and and uh, right now what we've started to do is just hold community forums. So we've uh, we're focusing on kind of three of the cities in our county, and uh, just raising awareness, drawing out some of these statistics, uh, doing things like uh, this, this podcast, or other things to try and uh, just draw attention to say the let's let's raise uh, the awareness to a higher level. Was was that what, what we were a part of? Were, were we a part of one of those forums? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what 
what struck me at that forum was that nobody really knew what to do about this. I mean, I mean, you had the top thinkers and leaders in the church world, in, in law enforcement. There was some law enforcement there, in education, in counseling. And it was like we were all looking at each other saying, well, well how, how, how do I keep my kids off of porn on my phone? You know, how do we keep porn out of our house? You had teachers, you know, talking about their kids using their laptops and what do they do? And, and what struck me was that in 2013, we don't really have a handle on how to, on how to fix this. Yeah, and I think, again, that's part of it is because uh, who's talking about it? There are articles written about it. There are some other, you know, helpful things, websites or, or, or what else not, but it's still not okay to come out with it, and that's not right. We need to change that. I know uh, I talked to a guy who's in a, a support group around, a 12-step group around here, and uh, he says that there's a, a gentleman who comes who uh, says, yeah, I, I'm so-and-so and I struggle with alcohol. And then you get to the back room and he says, yeah, I don't really struggle with alcohol. I struggle with pornography. And why is it okay to struggle with alcohol, but not with pornography? The other thing is that we know as counselors and others what to do with alcoholics. You you send them to treatment, and then you get them into AA. What do you do with somebody who comes to you as a as a pastor and who's struggling with pornography? It's difficult to know what to do with them and, and where to go. And that's why we need to raise awareness on this and say, uh, let's let's get some help for ourselves as pastors, but also for our congregation. How do you help parents to um, be able to speak to their young children on this? This is not a one-time conversation conversation you should be having with your children, but multiple conversations as, as they're growing up. And so we need to uh, preach on this uh, topic of pornography and, and uh, have resources available for parents and, and church members in our congregation so that uh, they can be equipped to deal with uh, some of the issues that are going to inevitably arise within their congregation. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, I was 35 years old when, when Internet started to become common in people's homes. I mean, this was, you know, you've heard of a 56K modem, maybe some of you have. This is back with like a 9K modem. I mean, you, couldn't, you could basically download text. I was 35. I can't imagine being 5 and 10 and 15 years old and having the entire world of media available to me. So the things that our young people are struggling with, it, it's unbelievable. And it, and yet, I'm 50. There are 60 and 70 and maybe even 80-year-old pastors out there who are struggling with pornography addiction. Um, you know, that it, we were talking about it today, and you don't know this, but in-house here in our 200 Churches studio, as we're recording this, we've had to stop several times because how do you talk about this? You know, how do you, how can we help each other as small church pastors in this? And I think what Nathan, what you said was, uh, and Johnny, what you said, to connect with somebody else. So I, I've got something to say about that. But Nathan, do you have anything else you want to share and what you've done uh, through your work? Yeah, I was going to say we, we've talked about as a pastor, if you are struggling, you know, talk to someone. We've uh, someone safe. Uh, we definitely do that. We've talked about putting filters on your computer. Do that when you're at a sa- sane in your sane mind, in a sense. You know, do that now, uh, so that you know if temptation does come, then great. The filters there. The passwords. Uh, I don't know it, so I can't get at it. 
But I guess I'd also say is is take a look at, at other things like your schedule, your family life, what's causing you stress, and and see if there's some some changes that need to be made there too. Uh, uh, how much time you're spending alone? I know some pastors uh, go and do their sermon prep in coffee shops. Uh, you know, think about your daily routine and some of the things that are causing you stress, and and uh, see if there's some things that need to change so that this isn't a a temptation. Um, statistics now are also saying that 98% of pastors say they have been exposed to pornography. So, I mean, even if they say it's not an issue, pretty much everybody says they're exposed. So, um, if and when, if you're not struggling, if and when it comes, be prepared for it. Have the filters in place. Uh, be in a public place. If you are struggling, it's time to get some help. Nathan is in here with Johnny and I, and um, here, here are the three of us. We're guys. We understand this issue, um, and it's not just a guy thing. It's a, it's a lady thing. It's a human thing. But here's the bottom line. We, we've talked about it, and Johnny and I and Nathan want to throw this out to you. You're listening to us today, and you know you got an, you got a problem with this. You know you do. You know you've got an issue, and you've been struggling with it, and the truth is you have nobody to talk to. You have nobody to talk to. It's not like you're avoiding talking to somebody. The truth is you have no idea who to talk to. So we're putting ourselves out there for you. you. You can contact us. Our email addresses are on our website under the contact tab at 200churches.com. On the post uh, for, for November the 6th on our website, on that post, Nathan's information will be there. If you want to e- email us and we'll call you, we'll talk. We need to be able to talk to people about it. And you know what? We're in northwest Iowa. I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, it's probably, northwest Iowa is probably far away, very remote. We don't know you. You don't know us. You can talk to us and it's a no judge, And it's a no-judgment zone. I mean, that's just not what we're about. We're not here to judge you or cast aspersions. Like, that's not, that's not our goal. We want to encourage, we want to come up next to you, put our arm around you, and help and walk beside you. I think that's exactly why we have it called the Task Force for Sexual Wholeness. We just want to see uh, wholeness in people's lives yeah. and and uh, see that c- carry through uh, definitely in the in the uh, area of sexuality as well. Finally, Nathan, you've come alongside me as a pastor. You're a, you're a community leader here in Orange City. You and I get together for lunch. We try to do it once a month or 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 more often, yeah, which I enjoy too. Which, yeah, which we have—I've never developed a relationship before in, in in a community that I have with you. I mean, we get together, we talk about stuff, and Nathan, he, there's no judgmentalism. There's no—he has no agenda other than that we're just two guys that can have lunch and can talk. And I would, I would pray that for every pastor listening today. I would pray that for you that you would have somebody. And you know, if you don't. Ask God, God, bring somebody into my life. I need somebody else that I can be real with and that I can talk to. Well, now I feel like I need to get lunch more with Nathan because he sounds like a fantastic... No, no, you got to find your own Nathan. Come on, man. Find your own Nathan. What's that about? <laughs> no, Nathan, uh, the time that I've spent with him, not just today, we've we spent time before and uh, I've always enjoyed him too. And Nathan, we're really, uh, we're really glad you could join us today. Good, thank you. Share some insights. This is a tough topic, um, but it's something we got to talk about. 
and it's something that we'd love to talk to you about um, if it's a struggle that you're going through. So, and if you and if you meet with Nathan, I get to know everything you tell him. Nathan, you don't tell him anything we talk about. That sounds like the worst deal ever. Thank you so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.